Are you a fan of the Harry Potter Therapy Podcast? Do you want more episodes, more magic, and more guests? Do you want our show to reach and inspire more of those in need? Well, we can really use your support. If you would like to help us in our mission to spread awareness and destigmatize mental health struggles, we ask that you please subscribe, rate, review, and share our podcast with friends, family, and folks you might think would enjoy and benefit from our content. Most importantly, please consider joining our Patreon community and becoming a contributor. As one of our Patreon contributors, you will get access to exclusive content, announcements, videos, and more. You will join a community of like-minded pop culture enthusiasts that celebrate our connections to our favorite movies, TV shows, icons, and superheroes. As a contributor, you will also be helping us support mental health charities as 15% of our proceeds are donated monthly. To join our Patreon community, go to www.patreon.com, make an account, search for Superhero Therapy, and select one of our tiers. Now, on with the show. Have you ever wished for magical powers? Do you still await your Hogwarts acceptance letter? Well, welcome to Hogwarts. You are magical. And this is your invitation to join us in exploring the psychology behind the most magical series, Harry Potter. Welcome to Harry Potter Therapy. you magical people out there and thank you so much for tuning in to harry potter therapy i am your host dustin mcginnis i am a musician filmmaker and all-around fanboy and i'm dr janina scarlet i'm a clinical psychologist author and a full-time witch the scarlet witch (laughs) (laughs) so today we're going to get into the prisoner of azkaban chapter 12 the patronus love the patronus As the rest of the students return from their holiday break, the captain of the Quidditch team, Oliver Wood, seeks out Harry. He subtly talks to Harry about their next match and insinuates that Harry needs to get his Dementor problem under control or else he's going to have to find him a replacement on the team. Harry is already going through enough trying to understand why Dementors affect him so much. What is it about life where it seems to pile more stress and hardship onto already difficult situations? I don't know, man, but everything seems to come in waves, right? For a lot of individuals, there might be a situation where one thing happens and then like a magnet, it pulls other things that are similar to it. If any of you are going through something like that, please know that you're not alone. (laughs) You're just like Harry. So Hermione seems to be the only student that knows that Professor Lupin is in fact a werewolf. She decides to keep this information to herself. But to me, his condition does seem like pertinent information for people to know, especially within a school full of students. Liability must not be a big thing in the wizarding world. I disagree, actually. (laughs) I think that in a lot of ways, this is a kind of like HIPAA protected information. It's a condition. (laughs) It's a condition. It's a health condition. And it is not something that parents or students should know because there might be a lot of stigma attached to it. So some people are suggesting that lycanthropy, right, so being a werewolf is a metaphor for AIDS. And Mm. if that's the case, then parents and teachers certainly should not be privy to that information. Lupin seems to have his condition under control where once a month when he changes, he takes his medication, right, and he just keeps away from everyone. 
but it's essentially like almost like an immunosuppressant kind of a medication, right? Yeah. I actually think that it was wise of Dumbledore not to tell the parents or the students. And I think it was really cruel of Snape to essentially reveal this kind of information in disguise, but in a way that students like Hermione were able to figure it out. There's a difference between a perpetrator and a victim. In Lupin's case, he's a victim. Totally. So Lupin was attacked by another werewolf, which is how he became a werewolf. And if we kind of create that kind of parallel that you're talking about, then we can see it as, for example, somebody that was sexually assaulted by a perpetrator and then maybe developed a sexually transmitted disease mm -hmm. like AIDS, for example. And so this person is a victim but they're not somebody who perpetrates against kids and their information should not be made available to other students or teachers in order to protect this person's privacy. Man, that is such a fantastic perspective to take on this whole secrecy thing with Professor Lupin. And he is a fantastic teacher and guy anyway. A great example of how awesome Professor Lupin is is that he scours Hogwarts looking for a Bogart to help Harry practice defending himself against a Dementor attack. He takes personal time and effort to help Harry. It is very kind of Lupin to take such an interest in Harry and put so much effort into his education and protection. He really seems to care. What impact does mentorship like this have on those like Harry? I think it's a tremendous kind of impact, right? Because Harry is somebody that has been in need of a mentor and a parent-like figure his whole life. He's 13 years old, and this entire time he's never had a parent really, right? Both of his parents died when he was just a little over one. His relatives were abusive and horrendous. Most of the teachers didn't really pay attention to him over the last couple of years. And Lupin is really the first to take a genuine interest in Harry and support him from a mentorship perspective, a coaching perspective, but also kind of like a father figure. And so for Harry, that's everything. To have a figure like that to support him is incredibly healing. And I imagine also kind of bittersweet because he misses his parents knowing that Lupin knew both of his parents, I think is really meaningful to him. Mm -hmm. And now to be mentored and coached by someone that was close to his parents and somebody that cares about him is everything. Yeah, big emotional boost for him. Yeah, so Lupin begins teaching Harry a highly advanced spell called the Patronus Charm. The Patronus essentially conjures up an anti-Dementor guardian that shields the caster from a Dementor. It's essentially a spell that produces a positive force of hope, happiness, and the desire to survive and counteracts the negative forces that the Dementor is pushing out. Harry! There you are, you came. Now, are you sure about this, Harry? You know this is very advanced magic, well beyond the ordinary wizarding level. I'm sure. Well, everything's prepared. Now, the spell I'm going to try to teach you is called the Patronus Charm. Did you ever hear of it? No? Well, the Patronus is a kind of positive force, and for the wizard who can conjure one, it works something like a shield with a Dementor feeding on it rather than him. But in order for it to work, you need to think of a memory. Not just any memory, a very happy memory, a very powerful memory. 
Can you do this? Yes. Very well. Close your eyes. Concentrate. Explore your past. Do you have a memory? Allow it to fill you up. Lose yourself within it. Then speak the incantation, Expecto Patronum. Expecto Patronum. Very good. Shall we? Wand is ready. We know Dementors represent depression. What are your thoughts on the mental health applications of a Patronus charm versus a Dementor, and what would this skill look like in a therapy session? Yeah, that's a great question. Thank you for asking that. So in the books, we learn that the Patronus charm is meant to come from a happy memory that's so powerful that it can keep the Dementor away. But as we kind of go through the series, it's apparent that it's not necessarily a happy memory, it's a meaningful memory. So in the movie, for example, we see that Harry is able to connect with a sense of his parents. He doesn't really remember them, he was really little, but it's the sense of having them there. I think for many of us, it's this idea of like maybe creating a sense of connection with somebody that's in our life, maybe a friend, a family member, somebody that was there for us in a moment of intense pain, right? So for example, maybe a dear friend that showed up when we were going through the most challenging time of our lives, maybe somebody that held our hand or supported us when we thought that we wouldn't be able to make it through. I think that having this kind of connection with a memory of something meaningful or maybe with our own sense of purpose, right? Let's say helping others or creativity, for example, or fandom can allow us to remember what all of this is for and can give us the strength, the endurance, and the resilience that we need to create this kind of an anti-dementor-like shield, if you will. And essentially what's happening in our body when we're remembering past connections or working on our sense of connection for the present and the future is that our body starts releasing endorphins and dopamine and oxytocin, certain feel-good chemicals, right, that empower us and are essentially kind of our own body's natural antidepressant for when we're facing some of the biggest challenges that we're going through. Mm -hmm. It's interesting because you mentioned that it has to be a really good memory for Harry, right? Because it's a happy memory, but it's him flying on his broom, but it's not effective towards the mentor. And the second one is when he wins the house championship the year before. And that was a happy memory, but it wasn't enough. Why do you think it seems to need to take a particularly powerful happy memory to summon a Patronus? Well, again, I think because it's not about it being a happy memory per se, I think it's about it being a meaningful one, right? And so for Harry in the movie anyway, what he ends up recalling is the memory of his parents, even though he doesn't really remember them. And so I think that it's not that we need to think back to happy memories because for some of us, we don't really have many happy memories, if you will, right? Not enough anyway to keep our depression at bay, but maybe a meaningful one where we made a difference or where somebody was there for us and made a difference in our lives when maybe we helped somebody else, right? And so I think it's about arousing meaning 
rather than about kind of more of a hedonic like feel good kind of an effect mm-hmm. does that make sense so yeah. we're not chasing feeling good we're more chasing the feeling of connection and purpose mm. beautiful i love it so much another interesting thing about the patronus is that it takes on a unique form of the person who conjures it so generally it takes on and presents as a type of animal my Pottermore Patronus is of a cat, but I actually believe that my Patronus would be a wolf. What What do you think yours would be? Well, according to Pottermore, my Patronus would be an owl, but I actually think my Patronus would be a raven because raven is my spirit animal. <laughs> well, why do you think Patronuses take on a spirit animal form in the first place? I think for many people, it's a representation of either that person's identity, personality, or also what they love and what they care about. A reason why for Harry, his Patronus is a stag because of his personal connection with his dad, whose Patronus was also a stag, and his mom, whose Patronus was a doe. Harry's Patronus is a direct representation of his emotional connection with both of his parents. Mm, Beautiful. So one of the most terrifying things a Dementor can do to someone is called the Dementor's Kiss. They suck your soul right out from your body. Lupin explains that it's worse than death. No one can exist without their soul because there will no longer be a sense of self. There will be no memory, no anything left at all, just an empty shell. What are your thoughts on the Dementor's Kiss and are there any psychological processes it can be associated with? Oh. Wow, that's gut-wrenching, right? I mean, a part of it made me think of treatment-resistant depression, you know, where people, even after they've gone through medication and therapy and all kind of other interventions like transmagnetic stimulation and tea and, and everything else are just unable to get past it to the point that they have no will left to live. They are unable to take care of themselves. They're unable to get out of bed. They're unable to shower. They're unable to eat. They're unable to connect with people around them. They're unable to leave the house. And that could be a resemblance of almost like having no will to live left, almost like having the Dementor take their happiness, right? I wouldn't say take their soul because I still think everyone has a soul. And I don't think mental or physical illness takes away our soul. But another metaphor I thought of is maybe people that are going through dementia right at the end of their lives where they might not remember who they are, who other people are, and might be so lost. Mm. And it's heartbreaking, right? It's heartbreaking when somebody doesn't remember their life and their life purpose, which happens in individuals with dementia. It also happens with individuals with severe treatment-resistant depression. And it's absolutely excruciating. And my hope is that this chapter can create a sense of empathy and compassion for individuals and also the loved ones of individuals that are going through that or have gone through that. Mm -hmm. Man, the mentors are such bad juju. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty much it for this chapter. So we're going to go ahead and end this episode of Harry Potter Therapy. An expecto patronum, everyone. We're going to go ahead and end this episode of Harry Potter Therapy. Again, my name is Dustin. You can find me on Twitter at The Valiant Geek. And I'm Dr. Janina Scarlett. You can find me on Twitter at Shadow Quill or Dr. Janina Scarlett Official on Instagram. 
For all of our listeners out there, we are sending out free signed copies of Dr. Scarlett's book, Harry Potter Therapy, an unauthorized self-help book from the restricted section. To enter the drawing, all you have to do is tweet about this podcast with the hashtag HarryPotterTherapy. We will choose one lucky listener every month to receive their free copy. Unfortunately, due to high postage costs, international listeners will not be eligible for this promotion. Stay safe out there, everybody. Stay magical and take care. The information presented in this podcast is of a general nature and is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only. It should never be used as a substitute for mental care, medical care, prevention, diagnosis, counseling, treatment, or other services. Always consult a mental health professional before engaging in any activities discussed in this podcast. Thank you for listening.